Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Good morning, Oregon. It's Monday, November 7th. This is Beth Slovic with a news briefing from Oregonian and Oregon Live. Hundreds of recuperating Oregonians are stranded in hospitals, some for 100 days or longer, because skilled nursing facilities and similar destinations don't have room for them. Hospital officials are calling this a humanitarian crisis because upward of one in five Oregon hospital beds are now occupied by patients who are well enough to be discharged but don't have anywhere to go because they're too sick to go home. Staffing shortages are again partly to blame. A shortage of trained nurses worsened during the pandemic. That's created a deficit of staffed beds in hospitals, but also in the care homes and rehab facilities where the hospitals would normally send some patients after they're discharged. Ten years ago, Oregon officials committed to trimming its registry of sex offenders so they could focus more intensely on the most dangerous ones. But a bureaucratic glitch has nearly doubled the registry instead. The Oregon Parole Board remains bogged down in a state-mandated assessment to gauge the risk of each offender to commit new crimes. Of nearly 32,000 people on the sex offender registry, almost two-thirds, about 20,000, are waiting to be classified into one of the state's three notification levels, level one for low risk, level two for medium risk, and level three for high risk. The backlog has kept hundreds of low-level sex offenders in limbo. Those who stay crime-free for years can petition to no longer register, but they must wait until the state gets around to reclassifying their risk level to petition for relief. State lawmakers have twice extended a 2016 deadline to complete the risk assessments and set aside more than $6 million for the work. The deadline now is December 2026, but state officials who are responsible for the project aren't confident they can meet that date either. TriMet's bright green FX2 division line buses, which hit the streets on September 18th as part of a much-anticipated $175 million rapid transit project are off the roads less than two months later. A notice on TriMet's website says standard 40-foot buses replaced the new 60-foot articulated buses on November 2nd, quote, out of an abundance of caution due to a fleet-wide mechanical issue. TriMet did not respond to requests for comment from the Oregonian Oregon Live over the weekend, so it's not clear why TriMet yanked the buses. But the safety notice on the agency's website linked the problem to manufacturer Novabus. Canada-based Novabus issued a recall notice August 10th for defects in steering equipment on some buses. The recall document said the defect put drivers at risk of losing control. It estimated repairs would take three hours per bus. The rapid bus line runs from downtown Portland's Transit Mall to the Cleveland Transit Center in Gresham. It was designed to cut travel time and accommodate more passengers. It's unclear when the 60-foot buses will return to the route. Election Day is Tuesday, and the Oregonian Oregon Live offers comprehensive coverage of the governor's race, the state's congressional races, and many local elections, including the Portland City Council race between incumbent Joanne Hardesty 
and challenger Renee Gonzalez. Head to OregonLive.com slash politics for all your election information needs. Thanks for listening. You can support our local journalism by subscribing to Oregon Live. Go to OregonLive.com slash pod support.